0: and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi everyone, thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode. Today we're going to be discussing Ego Traps. The ego is the part of ourselves whose role is to assist us in survival. Now, as a result of this role, being responsible for this role, the ego is going to continuously focus on what it needs to become and what resources it needs to accumulate in order to survive. Now, we all need an ego to survive in a human body. An ego is essentially what keeps us sustained and alive while being in human form. Now, while the ego is not inherently bad, many of the things that the ego does, if we don't check it, if we don't keep the ego in check, it can be harmful to our lives. So in today's podcast episode, I want to discuss ways in which the ego can become a problem, ways in which we can get trapped and deceived by our own ego, and as a result, leading us into potentially destructive behaviors and results in our life. Now before we jump into some of the ways in which our ego could deceive us, can trap us, uh, a key point to make is that just because the ego acts in these potentially harmful ways does not make the ego a bad thing, it doesn't make the ego the enemy. The ego, uh, it's simply doing what it knows how to do and what its role is, what its job is in order to assure our survival. Now, when we have this awareness, and just by having the awareness of what the ego is trying to do can be enough to protect ourselves from the ego guiding our life, our decisions, and getting in the way of our ability to be happy and at peace with ourselves. So one of the main ego traps of the ego is believing that we die and that death is a bad thing and that death is final. Now, while there are some things that come to an end, and while there is certainly death in human form, this does not mean the end of our existence. This is just the existence in human form. This is just a certain and limited way of being. After we die, after the body dies, I should say, we don't stop existing, we just move on to a different plane of existence. You can say that we transform. So many people are terrified of death and will go to great lengths to avoid dying. They'll live in denial of the outcome of our lives, which is that ultimately the human body does die. Uh, that being said, you know death is only going to be terrifying to someone who sees their ego as their main form of existence, who is ego-identified. So when we are ego-identified, we fear death because we see the only true form of existence as being the human body and as the form, as this form being who we truly are. And this can be deceptive because who we truly are is not the human body. Uh, We are, in truth, we are a spirit having a limited physical experience in a body. And the more we do identify with ego as our primary identity, the more we're going to do what we can to protect ourselves from the inevitable and that the human body does die. On the flip side, when we do wake up to who we truly are, which is our true identity of being a spirit, we no longer are so fearful of death or preoccupied of avoiding it or even seeing it as something negative because we realize that it's not final. It's simply transitioning from one stage of existence to the next. The next ego trap is the spiritual ego. Uh, The spiritual ego is oftentimes confused with our authentic self uh, our spiritual self our spirit in reality no matter how evolved we become there's always going to be a side of ourselves that is egoic that is preoccupied with living with survival and sustaining our existence and this is an important this is an important thing this is something that we like i mentioned we need for our survival now even when we go on a, a healing journey let's say and we become spiritual we become enlighten, enlightened we're always going to have an ego to accompany us on each level that we uh, uh, raise our our consciousness to that is going to assure that we uh, survive and maintain our existence and our ability to be in human form. Now, when oftentimes when people become spiritual or enlightened or or, uh, find, uh, let's say, God or find religion, uh, the spiritual ego tends to deceive us to believe that because we have experienced enlightenment we no longer have any attachment towards physicality uh, and we no longer have a, a use for it and that we ultimately have risen above our ego and that we've done away with our ego and this is wildly deceptive and ultimately can cause great harm and this is where you see people thinking that they are spiritual and that everything they do is coming from spirituality and that they no longer care about physicality but in reality, this is simply a lack of awareness, which could be harmful because it is, in essence, the ego hiding itself behind spirituality. And if we're not aware of the spiritual ego and its ability to sort of deceive us into believing that we are above it or that we no longer have anything to do with ego, uh, we'll often manipulate others into thinking that what they're doing is for the greater good or for a higher higher purpose and that it is benefiting others, but because they're not aware of their own ego and the way their own spiritual ego is impacting them, uh, it's very often, in this instance, coming from selfish and, and self-serving and egoic intentions. The next ego trap is believing in lack. Uh, believing in lack or, or living in fear is the narrative of the ego because the ego believes that it supplies for itself and that there are only limited resources, which can only be gotten and received by manipulating other people. So the ego, which in essence sees itself as separate from the world, and it sees other people as a barrier to getting what they want, they therefore feel that in order to get what they want, we need to uh, manipulate the middleman, manipulate people, deceive, fight for those limited limited resources. Now this is deceiving because in truth, the, the truth of the matter is that all that truly exists is love and abundance is essentially all around us and there really in reality is no such thing as lack, this is just the perceptions of the ego. And the only reason that we do believe there is lack is because again, we are identifying with the ego and we are coming from the ego's consciousness and identifying with it and essentially this is a consciousness of lack and fear. So it is not the reality that needs correcting. It is not reality that we need to manipulate to get our needs met. But rather, it is us who needs, it is is those who are identified with ego as their identity that needs correcting of our mindset so that we can have clarity in our consciousness of what truly exists, and that is love and infinite abundance. So when we have this awareness of the truth, we can see that all that exists is, in fact, love and that there is infinite resources and abundance. And ultimately, uh, the lack consciousness is a deception of, of the ego. Now, the next ego trap would be social or familial roles. So the ego tends to believe that it is who it is, is what other people think of them or how other people perceive or her. So if other people see them as good, lovable, and capable, then ultimately they will see themselves as such and they will feel good, lovable, and capable, and acceptable. So in essence, the ego's identity is very much wrapped up in other people and how other people experience them and see them. So when it comes to social roles, uh, such as a job or a position in society, uh, these are extremely important to the ego because the ego derives an identity from them. And the same goes for uh, familial roles, and this starts early in childhood, where we believe that we only exist in the context of being, let's say, a good child, or, or being uh, later on in 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 uh, in life, being a good a good partner, or being a good parent, and believing that we are something that we are not necessarily. So while these roles may be an ex- a representation or an extension of who we are, or a role that we play, they do not define us, and they don't They don't accompany our entire wholesome existence, and therefore they aren't a true representation of our authentic self. Uh, they're only, let's say, a part of ourselves. So when the ego believes that this is our true identity, that the role we, that we play in f- families or society, we are often very hurt and heartbroken when these identities are, let's say, taken away from us, or are no, we've outgrown them and are no longer a part of our lives. So what we do is we invest ton of time and resources into assuring that these roles are maintained and that other people uh, can reflect back to us that we are in fact these roles Uh, but in reality these roles will always come and go and are transient and we are very much more than just the role that we play in society and family Uh, who we are in essence is not dependent on any of these things similarly to the above ego trap believing that who we are is who we think what we think and what we feel so the ego is very much going to identify and attach itself to how we feel and what we think and in reality who we are is not necessarily what we think and how we feel Uh, when we believe whatever our mind tells us and when we are seduced by fleeting feelings we are going to essentially be at the mercy of each impulse and each thought and this is going to uh, cause us to do things out of integrity and out of alignment with our best interests. In essence, we are going to be very uh, reactive and heavily influenced by how we think and feel. Now, very often, these thoughts which uh, and feelings, which are transient, they come, they go, uh, they're, while they're obviously very valid, they very often are not necessarily clarifying reality. And in, in many instances, they are a distortion of reality. And uh, rather than clarifying what is real they are distorting the truth and that's why we have to be skeptical of uh, what we feel and what we think and while there are important information coming through what we think and feel very often uh, they are not a true representation of reality and therefore when the ego which seems to believe everything that it thinks and feels as fact uh, when we do that we are at the mercy of our feelings and our thoughts the next ego trap is believing that things are as they appear Uh, this uh, This becomes deceiving because rarely are things the way they appear and rarely are we able to comprehend the bigger picture of reality. And if we believe whatever we see, we're going to react to every perception of our reality that we see as if it is fact. Now the truth is, is that what we see in our reality in each moment is based on our state of consciousness, it is going to be based on how we feel or what we're currently going through in our lives. Uh, it's, it's subject to change, and uh, when, it, when, it, when we do have a change of consciousness, of perspective, then we're going to ultimately see a different reality. So again, it's transient. It's not, it's not factual. Uh, in addition, the, the ego has a very difficult time believing in a reality that it cannot see immediately. It has a difficult time trusting and having faith in a reality of possibility of what could be and then as a result being flexible with its perceptions. So when we only trust what we can see and we believe everything we see as if it's factual, uh, when we are very rigid in our ability to uh, shift our consciousness, then we never really get closer to the bigger picture and as a result of that, we never give ourselves the chance to have more and more clarity and awareness that we need to ultimately make good decisions, better decisions for our life. The next ego trap is control. Trying to control life, trying to control other people, trying to control everything, right? So this need for control comes from fear, and it comes from the fear of the ego to trust and let go, because it does not Uh, want to feel out of control. Now, this becomes a trap because most of life, most of the things that happen in life, uh, are not in our control. Uh, Many of the things that happen to us and will continue to happen to us are not necessarily in uh, our control. Now, while there are certainly things that we have the ability to take control of, such as our reaction, our belief system, our perspective, uh, many of the choices that we could make that are in our control, Uh, to believe that we are in total control of our reality, it really only has us continuously trying to manipulate things and life and people and exhausting endless energy to give ourselves an outcome that we have attached to that we believe needs to happen, right? The ego also has a very strong attachment to how things need to be. And the ego has a very difficult time letting go and allowing life to be as it is and, and the way it needs to be and this creates a ton of resistance to present moment flow which makes life which adds to a lot of suffering in life and make makes life a lot more difficult than it needs to be the next ego trap is thinking that being wrong is a bad thing or having a very difficult time admitting when we are wrong or when we have made a mistake You know, in life, the only real way to learn is by realizing that there is so much we don't know, and there will always be more and more to learn. And the only real way we can know something is by trying something and and making a mistake and ultimately learning from those mistakes. And the ego has a very difficult time making mistakes because it fears feeling diminished, feeling less than by not being right. It it fears feeling small. So this trap, this ego's trap of not wanting to be wrong and struggling to make a mistake, uh, it becomes it becomes extremely intrusive in our ability to succeed because it does not allow us to take the chances to make mistakes, to be vulnerable, and therefore expand our limitations. Uh, because, as mentioned, the ego fears that it will be diminished if it lets go and if it goes into the unknown. And as a result of this, we're going to hold ourselves back and deprive ourselves of making choices and uh, making decisions that allow us to ultimately grow and, and learn new things. The next ego trap is projection or denial, which is done by the ego to protect itself from itself, from seeing parts of itself that need healing, that need correcting, that demand humility. So the ego is brilliant at hiding flaws and shortcomings from itself. And one of the, ma- one of the main ways in which it does this is through projection, uh, projecting them onto other people as a way of avoiding accountability within now in order to grow we must be able to look at ourselves in the mirror to explore our shadows our shortcomings and face our own inner darkness we must de- it demands the humility to look at ourselves and understand that there are things that we need to work on so the ego that th- uh, thinking that by projecting or doing these the ways of denial uh, are going to are done to protect us, so thinking that it's protecting itself, it withholds this ability to truly look at ourselves and see what we need to become more aware of that needs healing so that we can ultimately correct those shortcomings, refine our character to become more and more happy and more authentic, more uh, refined in character. So being able to see ourselves in other people, so this projection that we see in other people actually is a, uh, a technique, uh, something designed that allows us to ultimately use the mirror, use the reflection of the projection, uh, use our relationships as a mirror to see what needs correcting inwardly because we have blind spots and we oftentimes cannot see those things within ourselves. so we see them in in other people. Uh, But the ego does not use other people as a mirror, but rather it uses other people to project onto and then blame or, uh, in essence, to avoid uh, what is being uh, denied inwardly and then ultimately avoid accountability, and with this lack of accountability we are unable to truly become more aware of what we need to become aware of to, to heal and to grow. The next pitfall of the ego is thinking that the ego is inherently bad. You know, what's interesting and ironic about thinking that the ego is bad is that the part of ourselves that criticizes, judges, and ultimately demonizes the ego uh, as being bad is in fact the ego itself. Because the spirit would never see the ego as bad. The the spirit doesn't judge. It's just infinite compassion and love. The spirit essentially is fully aware that everything has a necessary function and a role. So when we think that there is a part of ourselves that is bad, and when we judge ourselves for having an ego or acting in egoic ways, we are automatically fighting that part of ourselves, right? We judge it, we criticize it, and want to do away with it and in truth, there is no such thing as a part of ourselves that is bad. It's just a part of ourselves that has a function and a role. And you cannot make peace with the ego if you're constantly seeing the ego as a problem, trying to defend against it, shame, criticize, or, or judge, or even, let's say, beat out the ego, You know, beat it, beat it out of yourself. And the goal is to make peace with the ego, which is understanding the ego's role. And once we do, and once we're able to use the ego in a way that it was intended to, we were able to then ultimately make peace with it and make peace with ourselves. So much of our inner chaos comes from fighting the ego, fighting with the ego, uh, which is just, again, the ego fighting with itself, right? So when we make peace with the ego, we are going to be able to use it appropriately and and we'll be able to uh, develop a a sort of an equilibrium inward. where we're all... Parts of ourselves are playing an important role, and this is uh, important to creating wholeness, to creating equilibrium, and ultimately uh, a balanced state within and developing inner peace. The next pitfall, the next ego trap is thinking that we are totally independent and that we do not need other people. Now, the truth is, from the day that we get here, right, the day that we're born, we are completely connected to our parents, our mothers, right, and, and our community, and we need people. Right, Factually, we need people. The ego, which sees itself as separate from the world, is constantly trying to figure out how to survive in a small world where there are so many threats. Right, It feels very small, it feels alone, and it feels like it must defend itself. Now this becomes a much more powerful ego trap, uh, much more difficult to avoid if we have, let's say, wounds of childhood, if we've been wounded in the past, betrayed, let's say, by those who should have been nurturing us. When this is the case, we are going to feel and see ourselves as even more eternally alone. Uh, unfortunately, in the long run, uh, this, only, uh, you know, this only disconnects us from other people and deprives us of the basic need to connect uh, with other people and our ability to be, to be intimate. So essentially what happens when, this, when we are wounded and then we become more and more ego-identified, uh, we're going to become fiercely independent and then we're gonna uh, start to think that we are fully protected from being hurt again by, by isolating or, or disconnecting from people. Uh, however, this defense and protective mechanism is, is, is really gonna backfire as it removes any ability for the healing that comes through healthy intimacy. And the final trap of the ego is judging other people and judging itself. Uh, this is This is a super sneaky one because we are often only shown our shortcomings in other people as a reflection. So it's very easy to think that other people with this issue that we are judging, uh, it's their problem that we are free from that very issue. However, we are the only reason we are able to see our shortcomings within other people is because again, there's something within ourselves that resonates with it. So when we are judging other people, we are in essence simply just denying responsibility for our own shortcomings. And ultimately not giving ourselves the ability to take ownership of those shortcomings being able to self-reflect and ultimately correct them inwardly Uh, when we are judging others uh, we're not allowing ourselves to or uh, have compassion for other people uh, for ourselves Uh, and the antidote to this is realizing that judgment really has no has no benefit and it only separates us from other people and it sees the problem as strictly others uh, compassion, on the other hand, is, is is giving ourselves the ability to see the humanity within ourselves and other people, and uh, this allows us to remain connected with another person regardless of what they've done, their issues, their shortcomings, or their flaws. So the thing about the ego that is so important to understand is that we are not our egos. Our ego is a part of who we are. Uh, unless we are able to discern between who we are and who our ego is, then we will oftentimes act in ways that are not in our best interest, in the interest of our higher self. And this can be very 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 difficult to discern because very often we don't know that we're acting out of our ego, we think it's who we are. So let's discuss why we get duped and deceived by our ego. Why is it seemingly impossible at times to be able to discern when it is our ego, when it is not our ego, and when our ego has taken control? Now the truth is is that we live in a largely egoic world. The world in general has not woken up from ego identification and truly made the shift, the paradigm shift into soul awareness. And because most of the world is this way, it can be very difficult to go against the grain of of what society lives in and, and be different and stand out and truly live as soul identified. In addition, the ego is what we are first introduced to in life. We begin life egocentric, and soul identification, uh, soul-centricity, uh, only comes later on in life with maturity as we grow, as we grow up. And, and, as, and it takes work. It takes choice to, to grow up and, and and become soul-identified or authentic self-identified. It takes uh, conscious choices. You know, it takes a lot of work to mature and evolve into soul awareness. And early on, we have come to know— and. Identify with ego which has then been reinforced. Let's say if our family isn't necessarily healthy and by a society That's largely egoic and it makes it seem really difficult to go against the grain like I mentioned to think that reality could be any other way uh, In a strange way we have been gaslit into a sort of almost like a Truman show of sorts where you know everyone's believing that the reality is ego and uh, you know, we think we're crazy to go against the grain and think otherwise. We have a very difficult time thinking that there is anything wrong with it. We it has been so it's been so normalized. And those who have been abused will have a much more difficult time identifying with their spirit as their authentic self. Like I mentioned earlier, it's much more common that someone who's been abused will have a difficult time not being ego identified. And the reason this is the case is because if we've been wounded, if we've been abused in childhood or in, in early relationships we are going to have a lot of pain. We're going to be, uh, those pain, those wounds are going to be to our egoic self. And pain demands attention. And uh, the more pain we are in, in these developmental stages, the more we are going to be identified with this pain, with the pain of the ego, the more we attached, we become to it, the more we create an identity out of our pain, out of our ego, making it much more difficult to, to let go of. Uh, in, in, in these instances, we become very strongly egoic, egocentric and have a difficult time uh, rising above or transcending the ego uh, in order to have that spiritual uh, awareness or experience the joy and the peace that comes from living spirit identified. So when it comes to spiritual awakening or being enlightened, essentially what that is, is you're waking up and you're starting to see that the ego for what it is and you are not seduced by it. You're not identifying with, uh, with it as your primary identity, but rather you're allowing it to play its role In assisting you in surviving, but you're ultimately rising above it and living authentically, living from soul. And the way this way of living is is living a purposeful and meaningful life, a life where we are showing up vulnerable and authentic, as opposed to a life pursuing ego gratification, uh, self-serving intentions that really amount to no true substance and ultimately leaves us very, very unfulfilled. So to wake up from ego identification to soul identification, to soul existence, uh, this is really what it means to heal. Now, when we become one with all that is, when we allow ourselves to truly step into our power of who we truly are, uh, we realize our true and eternal nature, which is is unconditional love. And uh, all of the issues that we suffered from based on our resistance of reality, which happens when we our ego identified, uh, ultimately many of those issues, if not all of them, start to dissipate. And this is where we no longer see ourselves as separate from the world. Uh, we are, in fact, one with all that is, all people, all things. We are truly one. And rarely are we going to get duped by ego because we are going to be able to observe the ego. And in this instance, we are in a better position to work with it and coexist alongside it, which truly is, is what it means to live at peace. Waking up. Waking up to our true identity, to our true authenticity is certainly something that not everyone is going to do in this lifetime and, and sometimes we have to experience a lot of lifetimes to finally wake up uh, there's many different reasons why people wake up to their true identity to their true authentic selves some people wake up because the pain that they're experiencing caused by living in ego is intolerable uh, some people wake up because they've reached a rock bottom let's say they've been uh, chasing ego gratification addiction and, and it just led them to to, to a hellish existence and then finally at that rock bottom place, they're able to see the uselessness of pursuing ego. And ultimately they can see from that rock bottom that darkness uh, is necessary sometimes to see the light of the truth of what, what truly exists, what truly matters. And in these moments of complete breakdown, which are obviously very p- painful and no, no one wants to, to have a breakdown or have a rock bottom experience. But in that instance, there's a powerlessness that is necessary to truly let go of the attachment to ego and suddenly the picture of the truth becomes strikingly clear, you know, of what is important, what is true, what is everlasting in life, and then ultimately what is not, what is transient and what is meaningless. And in these experiences, we are oftentimes breaking down in order to break through. And when we break down, again, it can be experienced as something tremendously painful, but at the end of the day, it is something that allows us to, to let go of the attachments, of ego to transform into, into, into uh, suffering, into, into peace, freedom, happiness, and, and true awareness. We often see people when they are lying on their deathbed and they have this incredible remorse, regret for the life they lived. Uh, while, they, while they were living their life, they may not have necessarily regretted the lifestyle that, were, that they were living, but it's when they reach this sort of end-of-life end of experience that they finally realize that they have been living from ego. They have been, in essence, living a lie and experience regret for not necessarily living authentically. The reason this is the case is because a person who is on their deathbed realizes that there's no future. Their, their life is coming to an end, at least as they know it. And they realize that there really is no future in general or past. There really is right now. There really is only in the present moment. There only is the present moment. And what their ego had done to them their entire life, in essence, that the ego has deceived them into pursuing different things, different uh, trivial pursuits that don't really matter, uh, like money, status, materialistic pursuits. pursuits. And, and there's this tremendous pain, uh, incredible regret in seeing the missed opportunity, the sort of waste of life for for what it is. And the realization is that we have essentially spent our whole life not being present and in essence, avoiding life and avoiding what is true, what is real about life, which are that all that exists is present moment, right? Uh, Love, joy, connection, peace, uh, intimacy, uh, influencing others to better their lives and ultimately growing to our full potential. So if we could find a way to break through and experience life in a present moment way, in a way that's authentic, we will avoid this regret later on because we will ultimately have lived life to the fullest, which is something that most people do not necessarily experience, which is is what it means to truly live our life instead of uh, pursuing, chasing, and ultimately spending our entire life not really being present, not really living authentically. So to conclude... I talk a lot about narcissism, right, and how the world is very narcissistic. And from this perspective of the ego, narcissism can be seen as a world that we are living uh, from ego, ego identified, and in essence, everyone believing that we are separate from each other and living in fear. Uh, a world where we believe, where, where this is the case, where we are living from fear, is a world where we believe that we must control, manipulate, intimidate, bully, gaslight, and in essence, take from other people in order to survive. And this is the consciousness that a large majority of the planet is living on, is living at today. And what is in desperate need on the planet today is that we wake up collectively to our true spiritual nature. So healing collectively can be seen as a world where we are living and seeing each other as a a part of ourselves and as as all connected. A world where we realize that we do need each other and we are here to serve. And we need each other to be happy, to grow, and to, to, to live to our full potential, and a world where we realize the value in giving and the power of love. And this shift will happen collectively, and the world will only truly know peace when our paradigm, our main normalized paradigm of existence uh, is in this way, in where we realize that we are all in this together, and that who we are is not our egos, but rather our authentic spirit. And uh, this happens individually. So each person needs to take responsibility for their uh, sort of understanding what it means to rise above the ego. And it also has to happen collectively where each person wakes up and brings more light through the healing to the world and, and creating more and more awareness and influence of the collective that we are all one. Uh, and eventually we will wake up to our true nature collectively. Uh, where we understand that who we are is not our bodies, it's not our egos, it's not our reputation, it's not our role. Rather, who we are is a spirit in a body with the ego playing its very necessary but ultimately limited role as a trusted servant, so to speak, and not our main identity. So as long as we are living ego-identified, we are not truly living our life. In essence, we are living out of alignment, and as a result of that, it's gonna be very difficult to find happiness, to find joy, to find fulfillment, to find growth. And in many ways, we have to reach a place where we very obviously see that we are operating out of ego. And this usually happens at a rock bottom. A breakdown in our life, whether it's from an addiction or from a relationship loss or a loss of a loved one or an experience that really shatters us open and asks and demands us to answer the question, what really matters? And when we do, we can answer that question by realizing what truly matters is that we are living present, that we are living authentically and ultimately growing to our full potential. I thank you all for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the very best.